You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Hey, Sheepdogs, welcome back to another episode of Beside the Badge. If you don't know who I am, my name is Paul Buckner. I am a civilian police chaplain in the American Midwest. And I want to talk today about keeping good cops behind badges. And we've talked about this before, but I think I think it's a good idea to do again. Uh, number one, I'm going to talk about it from the side of law enforcement, uh, whether it be at the admin level or the coworker level. And then I want to talk about it as private citizens. In the meantime, got a couple of cool updates. Had a gentleman reach out to me through uh, YouTube, wanted to know how to get a hold of me. The best way is by email. It is beside the badge podcast at gmail.com. And all common spelling, no, no uh, uh, underscores or dashes or anything like that. Beside the badge podcast at gmail.com. And um, I had a conversation recently with a chief of police who had listened to the Mark Gunger full interview. And he was like, wow, that was really good. He said, I actually was driving around small department. Um, he was driving around on patrol. And while he was driving around, he said that he listened to the entire thing, which is about an hour and a half. And um, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback back on that podcast from people saying really, really enjoyed Martin Gunger, uh, really enjoyed um, his manner and how he approached things, really enjoyed him, him being so down to earth, uh, enjoyed that a lot. Um, and several people said, I'm headed off to buy his DVD set, even recommended a couple of his books. So that was a really exciting, that's probably going to be one of my most popular podcasts of 2021. So getting that out of the way, very good conversation. I've had an opportunity to reach out to Mark a couple of times and tell him about some of the stories people have shared with me saying, um, wow, this has really helped my wife and I to see things differently, et cetera, and so forth. So there's that. Number two, really excited. I have um, some new video editing equipment coming. And for those of you who don't know, um, I'm an IT guy by trade, and I edit video as kind of a sideline. You always got to have that side hustle, right? And over time, I would like to reinvent myself and I probably will always pay my bills with something related to IT. And I really am passionate about doing um, video-based work. And so there's that. Um, I, I don't do weddings or funerals or bar mitzvahs or anything like that, um, but I really, really enjoy doing video work. So the reason I tell you that is I have been revamping my office and I'm shifting my, my home office focus further and further away from IT and over to video editing. And I've got a line this week. If I can land the deal, I will have at least three computers that are, are nice and fancy. I got to test one out over the weekend and they will allow me to edit video much faster. The edit I did for the hour and a half video for Mark Gunger's interview took two hours and 10 minutes to render. The equipment that I'm looking at, would I rendered the exact same video and it took 30 minutes. So I, that may not mean a lot to you, but I'm geeking out over here because it's going to make my job a whole lot easier. And uh, eventually, around my uh, around my time, hopefully this year, I'm able to go through the academy. I'll carry a reserve commission with one of the departments I chaplain, but I'll be able to do a lot more work from home. There's going to be homework and different demands on me related to the academy. And being able to be rendering three or four videos at the same time is going to help out a lot. So very, very exciting. 
and uh, appreciate your prayers. If you're a, a praying man or woman, say a prayer for me this year. Uh, barring apocalypse, that is definitely on my list of things to do is going through the academy at night. And uh, I've been working out and making sure I'm the, the strongest, best version of myself that I can be uh, because um, I want to be there for the men and women that I serve as a chaplain. And that may mean uh, literally getting in there and mixing it up to protect them. So uh, now that we have that out of the way, let's talk more, because we've done this before, about keeping good cops behind badges. One of the saddest things is feeling unappreciated. So I'm going to start, so let's do it in this order. Let's talk about the individual responsibility of the police officer. Let's go over to the coworker, up to admin, and then over to the private citizen. How does that sound? So first and foremost, one of the things that tends to happen around any job is you tend to start hanging out with your coworkers. Now, that's not always a good thing. Uh, in many In many jobs, it can be. The people you hang out with the most have the biggest impact on you as a person. Kind of makes sense. So I remember working with people years ago that they were really into playing video games. That's all they talked about. And you were a loser if you didn't play video games constantly. And they were doing so to the detriment of their relationships. And I began to realize, um, I worked with some of these guys 20 years ago. I began to realize I needed to take a step back because I gamed too much. That was a, a negative influence that my coworkers were having on me. All they talked about all day long was gaming. They literally uh, worked to, to pay bills and then went home. And from the time they got home until the time they went to bed, they gamed. They were addicted. And I saw that damage relationships. Um, we can get into negative hobbies because of coworkers that can be to our detriment. And uh, I began to balance it. And so what I would do is once a month, we used to have these things called LAN parties before internet speeds got really fast. And you would go and hook a bunch of computers together in a house, or sometimes we would rent a, like a meeting room. And you would have a, a pretty decent internet connection out, but you were really playing on a local area network. And so I would do that once a month. And that was how I balanced it. And ultimately life changed and I changed as a person. And I was realizing a lot of the folks that I was gaming alongside literally still lived at home. And I'm like, I'm 30 and some of these folks still live at home. Now, many of them have gone on to break free from the, the rut that they were in because all they did was do their addiction. And they, many of them have bought their own homes. They've been, become, several of them have become super successful business people. But some of that crowd are going to go into their 50s and never really do anything with their lives. And, you know, if you turn off the power, there's nothing there. The, there's no achievements. You haven't, you haven't actually accomplished anything. You're, you're a hero online and a zero at home. Mm. Got your six coffee sip break. So why do I, why do I talk about that? Why did I mention that? When your personal responsibility, are you as a, as a man and woman, man or woman who is behind the badge, a police officer, are you maintaining relationships that, that help you and help others? Um, I, going back to the video gaming thing, I could have two PhDs with the amount of time that I spent gaming. And I would, I would argue now wasted gaming. Um, I wish I could go back. Um, that's life. It is what it is. I would be debt-free in an entirely different financial situation were it not for those things. Now, I worked very hard. I maintained relationships with my family. I maintained priorities. But there's so many things I could have done investing that time differently. It is what it is. But what, what you will find is the people you hang out with the most have the biggest influence 
on how you think and how you act and how you feel. And I find if I hang out with my buddies that are in the trucks, I want a newer truck or I want to do something to my truck because over time, and I don't generally do it, but over time, those people are having a huge influence on your thinking. If I hang out with my gun buddies, I'm thinking about buying new guns and, and ammo and going shooting. Now, right now at the beginning of 2021, um, the ammo market is going crazy. It's almost impossible. It's unobtainium to find ammo at a decent price because of the election and, and where people are at on that. We've got several million new gun owners and they are trying all of a sudden in a market that's used to this many gun owners, there's that many more people out there. So for those of you who are listening to this, I just held my hand up and then I moved it up about a foot. But anyway, so there's a lot more people out there trying to get ammo and there's a lot of people buying ammo kind of panicked. Um, but I find out when I hang out with my gun buddies, it changes the way I think about like, oh, I need to go get another gun or whatever. And I'm like, and, and as an adult and a mature adult, we can check ourselves and go, I really don't need to go buy a new gun. And there are people that they, within their peer group, within their clique, like going back to high school thinking, they think they're super cool or they are super cool within their group, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we, what is the old saying? We buy things we don't want with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Um, pe the keeping up with the Joneses thing can really be a problem in a person's life. Um, I've got buddies that are super into fishing and that can be an excellent uh, release and relaxation. I've got several friends talking about positives. I've got several friends that they, um, one of the ways that they relax is by cycling. And they tell me that when you're mountain biking and you're, and we, we don't have flat land here. Um, we have a lot of vertical acreage here in the Ozarks and they are going around mountain trails and going over rocks and, and, you know, um, that you have to be 100% in. And it's a great way to let, let go of a lot of your stress and what have you. And I, I would, I would, temper that by saying don't do anything stupid like like I know guys who have crippled themselves for a life because they got really stupid on a trail but um don't uh don't go don't get out of hand but cycling can be an incredible way to relax fishing um taking a martial art um taking a cooking class with the wife finding things that you like doing as a family I know families that frisbee golf or they hike or they fish or they hunt those kinds of things can be a great way to go ah yes that's right. I enjoy these people. They are my family. And that can be an excellent way to relax and to, to uh, in a healthy way, let off steam. Not climbing into a bottle every night. Um, a lot of guys and gals end up doing that because of not being able to positively let go of stress. Maybe they feel betrayed by a coworker. They feel like they got ran over by admin, by their city council, by their by their sheriff's department or their county commissioners, those things are all too real and they, they really do happen. And then, uh, but there, like, again, there's, there's healthy coping mechanisms. I know, I know people that are very regimented. They go home, they take off their gear, they consciously relax and um, they want to hear about their spouse's day because that's normal people stress. Think about that. They're like, you know, yes, you got yelled at by this person at work, but I want to hear about your normal people stress. And I, I got to talk to our local sheriff the other day, and he used to have an hour drive home. And he said it was one of the best things in the world for me just to let the day go. And then we talked about some of the positive coping mechanisms that go along with that. And so, so we have, as individuals, a personal responsibility for how we deal with stress. We've never had a time in history where there has been better information out there available than right now on the internet for free.
cost you zero dollars to learn about how to get rid of stress in a way that's healthy. It's not having an affair. It's not uh, picking fights at the bar. It's not climbing into a bottle or recreational use of illegal drugs. Now, that's terrible, and there's a small number of police officers that do it, but that happens. Think about that. Law enforcement turning to illegal drugs to help them cope with the stress of the job. I get that it happens. What a shame. That should never happen. So we're going to take a quick sponsor break and then come and talk about some more things we can. I have been blessed to have built relationships with uh, many different people, but I have had the opportunity and am blessed with three different sponsors. And uh, so John Lee O'Reilly with uh, General Response, incredible guy, an incredible mission to help people understand at the church level, at the corporate level, at the law enforcement level, what his 20 plus years of law enforcement experience has helped him to understand about de-escalating potentially dangerous out of control situations. So, um, incredible mission, John Lee O'Reilly, general response, check him out. You need to get into your department, to your church, to your corporation. We as individuals need to be training in this. I have a, I have a background. I, I studied in verbal judo, which is fantastic. But a lot of times the verbal, verbal judo application is actually, I've read the books, Gosh, I've been through that book four or five times, but hands-on de-escalation. It's sort of like reading about a martial art. You strike here, you block here, you do this. That's good, but unless you've been hit in the face, unless you've, unless you've had to block that punch, you really don't know what you're doing. That's really the way that verbal de-escalation works. Secondly, Gotcho Six Coffee. Gotcho Six Coffee just got off the, the phone earlier today with Eric Hadley, the founder, Right now, they are working on opening their first coffee shop. I'm super excited. Had an opportunity to pray with him and just talk about where God is taking his business. They are changing lives. This Saturday, I will actually be up there volunteering. And the next Saturday, I will be volunteering as well with his company because I am so passionate about what they do. There's literally purpose in every cup. There is a reason I am a founding member, y'all. Uh, there is a reason I am a founding member. If you can't see that because you're listening to it, I just held up the coffee cup that says founding member. Mm. I am drinking the delectable cup of joe. Dark and rich and wonderful. And uh, there's literally purpose in every cup. Their mission is service to those who serve. And uh, he recently was telling me about a young man who is now getting ready to uh, challenge the post test for the state of Missouri and his journey. I think it may actually become like a little mini documentary. I'm super excited about that. If it happens, I will be sharing that documentary on my social media. So then thirdly, we have Matt Combs with Shield Force International. Have Gun Will Travel. This guy is high speed. Would take me an hour to talk about his background and all of the different things that he teaches. Suffice it to say, he's really good at what he does. You should be thinking about um, ambush, like ambush training to survive the ambush. That is an incredibly valuable thing, especially right now, because there's some bad people out there. And I don't know if you've figured this out yet, but they don't like you, unfortunately, because you stand for law and order. There's a lot more people that do that are out there. I, I literally promise you, I will bleed my last if I'm anywhere near you before you'll fight alone. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. But unfortunately, there's a few that don't. They might want to hurt you. So check out Matt Combs, Shield Force International. Tell any of these gentlemen that I said hello. Uh, good people. Check them out. 
Uh, next, before we head back to our topic, if you're watching this behind me, I've got a board that's slowly growing with things that mean something to me, uh, a pin that's based on a TV show. I'm, I'm, I am an unrepentant geek. And uh, for some sci-fi stuff behind me, if you haven't seen close-ups of it, you can check it out on Facebook. You can find the Beside the Badge podcast on Facebook. If you were on Facebook, go like the page. Follow the page. If you are listening to this, uh, please give me a review. We are on Amazon, Audible. Uh, we are on a bunch of places. I can't even, I couldn't even remember all of them. We are on, we're based off of Anchor FM. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify. What, what? You can listen to us on Spotify. Uh, just about anywhere you can grab a podcast, you can listen to us. And that is very, very exciting. And then um, I, I need reviews. I want reviews. It, it's great to hear back from folks. It does my heart good. Um, I had a couple conversations with people in the last week who listen and talked about the, the chief of police I talked about earlier. When he was listening to the podcast, he said, hey, I just want to tell you that hour and a half long podcast where the two of you guys were talking really made my shift go a lot faster because he's driving around in the dead of night uh, patrolling his town. And these are small Midwestern towns. So you feel like you're, you're in a quarter mile track or something, you know, and uh, you're going around and around and around and it can get monotonous. And he said it really broke up the boredom. And in the middle of the night, we won't use the Q word, but let's just say it was still and there was not a lot of radio traffic, which is always a good thing, right? But it's hard not to go to sleep. It really did my heart good to hear that he was listening to that as he was driving around making his rounds. So let's get back to the matter at hand and talk about the individual, the coworker, the boss, and the private citizen and what they can do to help keep good cops behind badges. So let's talk about more stuff we can do as individuals. At the end of the day, we are responsible for, for our actions. This is something that law enforcement's like, well, duh. But what stress we take home, what we do with it, and how it affects our job is ultimately on us. So we need to be finding healthy ways. We need to understand what's happening in our brains. We need to find healthy ways to deal with the stress that we see. I can tell you, a lot of officers have told me, so I'm going to data dump, they don't follow their cases. So they, they catch a guy doing bad things, uh, and then they don't follow it. Because... That individual will get on bail and something will happen and, you know, you, your hand hurts because they stomped your hand during the fight. You know, you got a broken finger and they're out within 24 hours. Anybody who's been around law enforcement very long has seen these things happen and you're like, hey, man, well, don't follow your cases. Uh, on TV shows, TV shows make it seem like in a 45-minute in a episode, because, you know, commercial breaks, that you are going to wrap up an entire case and sew it up in a, in a uh, you know, wrap it up in a, in a bow, stitch that thing up, and uh, the prosecutor is going to be on your side and they're going to take your case and everything's going to go well and there's not going to be a, pardon my French, a ping for distance contest between your department and the prosecutor um, or whatever, or some, some overpriced jerk lawyer is not going to come in. Now, let me set a proviso. I know a couple of amazing lawyers. They're an exception to the rule, but I know a couple of really amazing lawyers and we do need good defense attorneys out there. That's, that's part of our constitution. But unfortunately there are a lot of lawyers that their sole thing is money and power and they're alcoholics with marijuana problems. They, they smoke weed all the time because they can't hardly live with the people that they have gotten off on, you know, from really bad things those people have done. So 
don't follow your cases because guess what? That person that you that you know they're guilty of sin, you may not be able to get a conviction. And once it's handed off to the prosecuting attorney, you know, to the DA, you've done your bit for king and country. It's time to move on to the next thing. Um, I can tell you that there are people, I have talked to officers, we had a murder in my area um, where a woman was murdered by her husband and he was very controlling, he was very manipulative, he was very violent, verbally and physically violent. All the things that you see all the time, you know, the, to the folks that are out there walking a beat every day. And what happened was, this officer's like, I probably talked to her 50 times. You gotta get away from this guy, he's gonna kill you. She wouldn't press charges, she would press charges, she'd drop the charges. In our state, they can hold him for a little bit, but they have to let him go. And she wouldn't leave this guy. Well, she ended up having an affair on him and they were a mixed race couple, doesn't matter the details, but she ended up having a, an affair with a guy who was of another race. And so they're a mixed race couple and she has an affair with a guy who is of yet another race. And the child is born and it doesn't look anything like dad. And he murdered her and then fled the area. Last I knew he was still in the wind. He may have been captured and I hope he goes to prison for life. But this officer was really struggling with, did I fail this gal? I mean, what, I mean, and I'm like, no. City cops were there, county cops were there, a bunch of different first responders were there. You had, you know, EMTs and paramedics talking to this gal. She wasn't gonna listen. And this is one of the really sad things about free will. People can choose to do things that cost them their life. And you as a first responder, you as law enforcement, it is not your fault when that person chooses death. And that is what she chose for whatever reason. And a lot of these girls, we always try to blame it on the guy. And trust me, there's some rotten guys out there. But there are girls that maybe they've done something in life and they feel at some subconscious level that this guy is penance for it. Um, maybe they were raised in an environment where dad was just like this guy and they went out and dug around until they found a guy like him. It, it could be nature. It could be nurture. Some women really have a low opinion of themselves. And I've met guys that are the same way, that they don't date good women because they don't have a high opinion of themselves. Maybe they've got guilt over something they've done in the past. And we don't control the way other people think and feel. The only person we can control, I was in a chaplain class recently and the guy takes his finger and puts it on the end of his nose and he goes, the only thing that you can control in life is what is underneath your finger, you. You're not to blame when these things happen. This is a very real thing. Another thing is survivor guilt. Why am I still here? If you get bored, there's an incredible book in the Old Testament called the Book of Ruth, and it's a love story. It's a, a woman who lost her husband. She comes back to, she's a foreigner. She's an outcast. She's an outsider. She, she would have been ostracized because of it. She comes into a community. She falls in love with a local guy who falls in love with her, and they end up getting married, and they were the grandparents of um, King David, who God said was a man after his own heart. He was a flawed man. He was a very flawed man, but God said he was a man after his own heart, meaning God said, man, this guy really, really loves me. That man wouldn't have existed had it not been for the, the love that started in a field outside the city of Bethlehem in the book of Ruth. Great book. You can, it's an easy read. It's, you can read it in one setting. And there's a lot of really deep theological things there. If you get bored that are neat to study and rabbit trail in, and there's a lot of neat history uh, about what they call the kinsman redeemer. So if you get bored, it's a great book to read. I reread that book and did a Bible study on it. I uh, finished it a couple days ago. It was really, really good and um, fantastic book. But the reason I share that is um, 
self-value and who we choose to be in our lives and and survivor's guilt. That's where I was at, survivor's guilt. Um, you never know. Your buddy died. You didn't. Um, you never know when your time is up, but you you have to survive because who knows the child you raise, your grandchild, the friend that you influence. I have had people influence me. There's a retired army captain who had an unbelievable influence on my life when I was a pup. And at a time where suddenly I had decided dad was no longer cool. My dad was a great guy. But, you know, you reach that age of about 13, 14, and now your parents are stupid. In your mind, they're not really, but you think they are. This man had a huge influence on my life and how I think and how I do things. And I owe him a great debt. And I know my parents put me close to him. We went to church together because I thought he was cool. And uh, I was a huge history buff, and he had lived some of the history that I liked to read. Who knows who you are going to influence? If you are an older police officer with a little seasoning, maybe a little gray hair, it's time for you to teach some of the young pups the good things that you've learned. Don't teach them the bad habits you've picked up and start working on fixing the bad habits, but teach the younger ones, teach the younger ones the positive things you've learned. Now, we're going to shift away from the responsibility of the individual police officer. We're going to shift over to coworkers. I have seen, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, um, I have seen officers cajole and push each other to do stupid things, to drink themselves blind drunk under the table, to smoke, you know, don't be a fill in the blank, smoke the cigarette. What is wrong with you? There, there might be a little bit of evidence out there that smoking isn't healthy for you. So guess what? If you smoke and someone else doesn't, leave them alone, right? Now, I have been with officers who have been through really traumatic events and looked at me as their chaplain and been like, man, I really need a cigarette right now. Smoke a cigarette. I, you know, if you smoke, I'm not going to tell you not to smoke when you're under stress. Um, you're addicted to it. Let's just Let's just call it what it is. But it's going to help you in that moment differently. And because you're addicted to it, you're kind of behind the eight ball there for the moment. But I would encourage you to stop smoking because it's not healthy for you. And don't push other people into it. Don't push other people to drink. Don't... I literally have had conversations with people that people have tried to make them have affairs. Well, I mean, if you're a man, you're going to be out there and, you know, you're a prude if you don't have at least three side chicks. Oh, shut up. You know what? I'm in an exclusive relationship, 17 years and counting. Guess what we don't have in this relationship? STDs, psycho exes that we have to deal with constantly. Um, I don't have to worry about jealous uh, husbands, angry boyfriends, um, family of, of people like this. I have enough problems in my life without complicating it and wondering if my wife's going to stab me to death in my sleep because she finds out about a side chick. There is no side chick. And guess what I do? I pour all of my attention and focus into my wife. And it is wonderful because we have done things like listen to Mark Gunger's Lacquer Way to a Better Marriage and, and learned from people who are going before us and going, oh, by the way, there's a landmine over there. Don't step on it. You know, get out of debt. Figure out how you're going to raise your kids together. Don't have affairs. I literally have talked to people that their coworkers have been like, well, you're just a fill in the blank if you don't have an affair. Shut up. Leave those people alone. And I, <laughs> I don't often go off on people, but a few years ago, there was an officer that was going through a divorce and he was having one of the worst nights of his life. 
and he was being very real and very transparent. And when he opened up and said, look, I am hurting so bad right now. One of his coworkers turned around and started calling him names and went off on him and telling him, well, maybe if his man parts were bigger and he knew what to do with him, his wife would have stayed. And I went off. I don't often knife hand people, but I was knife handing this person and saying, what good are you possibly doing in this moment? This is an opportunity for you as someone older and in theory wiser to offer some actual life advice instead of going off on someone. I have no respect for that. If you can't tell, that gets a little bit under my, yeah. And how dare someone do that in a moment like that? When someone opens up and says, man, I am really hurting right now. This is when people are vulnerable and they're being real with you. And we have enough, um, you know, out of control, alpha male machismo in and around law enforcement anyway. And I get it. We need alpha males. Um, I don't think of myself as an alpha male, but I've had several people tell me that, that they think of me as an alpha male because I have nothing to prove. And that, that, and I do agree that a person who has nothing to prove, but is willing to throw hands to protect someone else or throw lead to protect someone else, that's an alpha male or alpha female. But when, when you're a coworker to someone who's genuinely hurting, Hey bro, I've been divorced. It's tough. And, and I was speaking from experience here. Um, and, and do a buddy check, check on that person, make sure that everything's okay. If you see somebody heading down a bad path and they are they're they're you know, in their DMS, they've got some chick and she's sending naughty pictures or some guy and he's sending naughty pictures. It needs to be one of those conversations where you're like, Hey, I don't want to see him. Sorry. That's reality. If you have an amazing spouse at home, what the heck are you doing in private messages? looking at somebody else's body parts. And you shouldn't be looking at porn either. There's That is a dead end and a very unhappy road that leads to, to nowhere. There's a cliff with no guardrail and you go, ah, and that's it. There's nothing there. And it leads to all kinds of problems, including your body can't function and get a certain thing up to do something that you enjoy doing if you're a guy. It messes with your head. It doesn't do anything for you. And we have a culture that is awash in it. And there's ways out. Trust me, been there, done that, and happy to be on the other side of it. If you're a coworker, and if you're law enforcement and you're doing this, stop. If, if you are, I, I literally have seen direct messages, naughty pictures, destroy marriages. No physical contact, still an affair. You're still having a psychological affair. I've seen it destroy relationships and I've seen guilt annihilate amazing things. And now you've got one more set of kids out there that are hurting. Now, if you've done this, there's hope and, and there's forgiveness and you can come out the other side of it, but don't do it. And, uh, I, I literally this morning got a, a friend request from someone and it was a girl in Paris and she wanted to friend me and we had no friends in common and the picture for her profile was naughty. Guess what happened? I blocked her. She is gone like she is gone. Et voila, she is gone. I will not. And if you could, if you're watching me, I'm really being a ham right now. Um, I'm a nut, and I'm being a little. I don't know what I'm being right now, but get rid of it. Um, don't play with fire, cause get guess what happens when you play with fire? You get burned. 
And I have seen it destroy relationships. I have friends that have have gone down this path and it destroys them. And, and at an ego level, when you're a guy or a gal and somebody's like, oh, you're so this and you're so that and, and whatever. And, you know, mm -mm. no, don't play with that. Don't snack on M&Ms all day long and then wonder when you get home and there's your steak the way you want it, the way you like it, and you're not hungry or you feel you feel kind of sick to your stomach. That's why. Don't do that stupid stuff. I can tell you my wife and I are 17 years older than we were when we got married. We are more attracted to each other now. And trust me, I have less hair and I'm fluffier in places than I was. But we are more attracted to each other. You know why? Because we're not constantly looking at things we shouldn't be looking at. And we're not constantly flirting with people we shouldn't be flirting with. Guess who you should be flirting with? Your spouse. So as a coworker, don't be encouraging this nonsense. I will reach through this camera and I will slap you in the face. It'll be a chaplain slap. Because you mean it. So, you know I love you. But don't be encouraging affairs. And if you see one in the offing, I remember walking through an office. This was kind of a shame on me moment, but there was a young man working. The boss's wife comes in and she's like, what do you think of my, and it was like my haircut or my new glasses or whatever. And push up bra, low cut shirt. She was always looking for male attention that she wasn't married to. She was always looking for some other guy to pay attention to her. And I don't think it was a problem at home. I think it was a problem she had. And this young man looks down her shirt, which is what she wanted, and goes, oh, wow, what a great new haircut or whatever. And I shouldn't have said anything, but as I was walking by, I was like, local businessman kills wife and her lover in, in tragic love triangle. I shouldn't have said a dang thing, but I did because I'm kind of a smart butt at times. And uh, this was many years ago, and I had a little less of a, a set of reins, good, good controls over my mouth. And they kind of looked at me and I found out within a couple of years that she was actively having affairs with her husband and guess who is not married now. And this just damages the kids, it damages us. And the more of these fender benders we get into relationally uh, gets to the point we aren't terribly marketable. And uh, as a friend of mine told me, he'd been married six, count them six times. He's like, wherever you go, there you are. I could have fixed all but about two of the relationships. I realized a lot of it was me I'm glad he figured that out. And then he goes on to say, Paul, I will never own own home. He's in, he was in his 50s, early 50s when he told me. So he'd be in his late 50s now. He's like, Paul, I will never own my own home. Because every five to eight years, I've given a woman I no longer like a home. And he, she's got equity in that house. He's like, I will never own my own home. So I pray he does. I would love to see him break past that. But odds are, in his late 50s, he will never own his own home before he dies. That is one. That is only one of the consequences of affairs and divorce and all of these stupid things. That's terrible. Um, I am blessed. My wife and I own our home and own our property. And by the grace of God, I'm down to some credit card debt that I unfortunately got saddled with and a truck payment. Uh, that, is, that is the biggest thing I'm down to. And of course, when you're in small business, you have tax debt. I mean, you, 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 if, if anything happens and the economy hiccups and you miss something, you can end up with tax debt. And I've got a little bit of tax debt I'm working on. That's it. Um, you know, a few thousand dollars and I'm out of debt. Um, had my wife and I refused to forgive and refused to love each other and realize, hey, avoid this topic. It's not worth fighting about. I can go pick a fight with her right now. She's upstairs. You know, learn to live and let live and let things go, right? You know, hoo, 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 let them go.
So we've covered those topics and I'm going to have to stop this podcast because I'm really running too long. And in the next podcast, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about not just coworkers, what we can do for each other uh, as coworkers to, to help people go the distance and stay behind the badge. But we're going to talk about at an admin level and we're going to talk about um, as private citizens, what we can do, even maybe as spouses, what we can do to help keep good cops behind badges. So I'm going to pray this episode out. Um, dear Holy Father, thank you for giving me a platform to share my love of you and my love for law enforcement uh, with those who put on a badge every day, Lord God. Put on 26 pounds of gear. Hopefully it's on a, a vest and not on their hips, uh, Lord God, and they go out every day to protect us. And uh, I said you bless, guide, and protect them. Give them the desires of their heart. Help them as they seek you, Lord God. Bless their marriages, their careers. Keep them safe. Bend the bullets around them. Cause the bad guy to stumble if they come against these officers. We ask it in the one name that makes it possible in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.